Buzz Cafe. <laughs> good to be here. It's very good to be here. Yeah, we've okay. missed you. Yeah. Been where, where two months I? or what? Yeah. Careful. I don't even know where I've been. Buzz Cafe was closed for yeah. birds. Yeah. No, you probably had a party when you, you opened it up. Maybe. Second, third deck. and Yeah. Yeah. Um, Johnny, we are... We are going to a fun place here. Yeah, yeah, we are. Well, not fun for a couple of moments in there. Well, yeah. Yeah. This is from 1995. And um, I'll start it. The set is now completely appointed for Caponetti's, our next production, set in the local bar. It is magnificent. The warm wooden countertop and overhead racks of wine glasses framed by vintage-looking columns fill nearly the entire back of the stage. Neon beer lights and signs hum while diffused lights from a series of ellipsoidal reflectors spills down through the rack slats. Every conceivable libation is backlit prominently from behind where the bartenders will pour. Oh, taverns in big city gaslight districts wish they were this place. We open in two nights. We are a theater troupe named Sharky Productions. We've been painstakingly learning how to write and perform faith-based stories for the city that don't offend the sensibilities by bad writing and religious right turns. It might be an easier endeavor for monkeys to type out the old man in the sea. We've written a number of fairly mediocre plays our first several years, but recently we're starting to find our footing. The several dozen of us committed to this dream are having the time of our lives. For the first time, I'm discovering close up an intimate place where I am known, enjoyed, and needed. We laugh more than we rehearse, and we rehearse a lot. It's an immensely safe place to create and risk and fail and create again. We love being together and are starting to learn to protect each other. This is one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done. Several years from now, we will be performing at the downtown prestigious Herberger Theater. But now, we are performing out of our church. Our church. We've remodeled the auditorium to look like a cool retro theater. The crisis doesn't dawn on me until the Sunday before we open. I'm sitting at church thinking, wow. Five days from now, this stage will be transformed into a neighborhood tavern. This would be a marvelous thought when we only stage the plays for one weekend. But for the first time, we're running two weekends. The set, complete with every imaginable alcohol and blaring beer sign, will be the decoration for our church services the following Sunday. I know it's no big deal anymore, but at the time, it really was. Knowing what I know now about this community and how it sees community and faith and buildings, I wouldn't have panicked. But I was still testing it all out to see if it could be real. I'd now been on staff for nearly five years, but this project, it's my deal. I try to not give any reason to have any issue with what we're doing, and now I'm asking 
first-time visitors and alcoholics to show up and take communion in front of a fully functioning bar. Sitting there, my issues with authority flood back in. All the doubt, all the waiting rebellion. I'm certain we'll have to tear it down and reconstruct it. I could ask if we could drape it with canvas. Now that's stupid and weird. Finally, I walk up to Bill. Yeah, he said, I, I was thinking the same thing today. You won't be offended if I don't preach from behind the counter, will you? What? Look, John, this is a building. On Sundays, many of us who show up are probably God followers. On Fridays and Saturdays, uh, many might not be. And God is happy to host both. It's a building. We don't violate anything by doing both. If sometimes the decor blurs together, I think folks will understand. If not, maybe we can teach them or thank them for their time here. You're not covering that majestic set. We're so proud of you all. You are us. You represent us. I can't wait for opening night. I, I can't wait for the following Sunday. With our crowd, your biggest concern is people trying to sneak off with a shot of the good scotch after the service. And in those words, something ends in me. From this day on, I am never again waiting for the other shoe to drop. The sense that I don't belong. That who I am won't fit in any church. It goes away. In that moment, I know when I fail, I won't be asked to leave. I know I will not have to eventually run. 10,000 questions are answered with that one response. In the awakening, we grow up wanting to be known and terrified we will be. That's a wonderful memory, John. Oh. It's just a wonderful memory. That, that whole weekend, and both those weekends were, like you said, they were just idyllic. We, we had way too much fun. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's... We may have broken some laws having all that fun, but but I do remember it. I, I just had, right now, listening to it again, two responses. One is, I, I hope everyone understands what John said, that he had been on staff five years. Yeah. I hope everybody hears that. Because, because I want to just be that voice that says, hey, we're in life together, and it's a process. Yeah. And it's a process. And and there are things that are going to have to be learned, but often they're learned not in necessarily the timing of the sequence that we think they should be. But I, I look back on that, John, and I can confirm your last few sentences. I don't think you ever again That's right. were afraid That's about right. whether you were part of us or not part of us or whatever i think i think you gained a confidence in that moment that who you were and what you were doing was exactly what we wished were true about you and and the reality is you probably were very concerned <laughs> the problem is uh, the, the, what we're not saying here is you're going Oh, I'm going to take a hit for this. There's going to be some people oh, yeah. who oh, are very yeah. concerned, and we're going to have to minister to all that stuff. Yeah. But you never told me that. You just yeah, said, right. you guys, 
this is us, and we'll take the hit. And something about that uh, protected me to where I went, you know what, I'll bet you that you guys were wishing we were doing something else. But the fact that this is what we're doing and that we weren't trying to violate anyone, you had our backs. Mm -hmm. I have this question about um, Bill. This is not just a story about John. This is a story about you. Um, you grew up with two alcoholic parents. Yes. You come out of a, a conservative faith <laughs> tradition that uh, is almost teetotaling. And how do you come to this moment in your life what where, a great question. where you give this kind of an answer to John? What a great question. Well, thank you, Bruce. I, I think it's hard to go back into the moment, but, but I think what I was learning back then was that we can create a phantom audience. And as Christians, we live to that phantom audience. It's it, what will they think? I grew up, you and I both grew up in that environment. What, what will they think? And I've learned, I learned by then, and I've learned since then, the most important audience was the person right in front of me. His name was John. Hmm. And those that, that he was representing it was critical to their faith, to their development. And uh, by then, Bruce, I personally came to grips with the reality that people actually drink <laughs> and, that, and that people get drunk <laughs> and that some of them are alcoholics. So, so I, I wasn't afraid, truly, I wasn't afraid that somehow by having all of that scenery that we were condoning drinking, that's another phantom. Mm-hmm. You see, there's a phantom in there. Well, you know, if if I if I do that, am I condoning drinking? No, no. I'm honoring a group of young actors and writers and directors and people to live out their vision. And and nobody during that whole time was condoning drinking. That's right. We were just recognizing people actually do. Right. There's That's a difference. Mm-hmm. That the audience we were trying to reach does exactly. Yeah. yeah. There was that monologue about the benefits of Schlitz, right? <laughs> <laughs> there was, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was a, it's a great question, Bruce, but, but I think it's just one of those things where learning to get past these phantom audiences that we create, lots of stories run through my mind very, very quickly of the number of Christians who just chose to never go to a movie because what would their neighbors think? As an example, I grew right. up in that environment. Right. Well, their neighbors didn't think about them at all. But we could admit that, right? You know, and so, so we just have to be really, really wise. Who's our real audience? Yeah, and so at, you know, at one level, this is a a huge story about being known, as you say, John, and a story about being developed as a leader, um, as Gil yes. was doing with you. It's also a story about how leaders see the gospel Mm. in the larger culture. Absolutely. A very important story about how the gospel of God's grace moves throughout all the cracks and seams of the society and is not subculturally embedded in a way that does not make sense to those who don't know Jesus. On our own island. Exactly. A very important uh, story of that today. And also... Bill, I think about the fourth rung of the ladder in the ascent of a leader. Paying a price 
for making a choice of integrity. Right. You paid a price for that, no doubt. Exactly. I don't know all the prices you yeah, paid. Yeah. Right. But you paid a price to make a choice of integrity that allowed not only your ongoing maturation, but the, the maturation, the maturing of these actors and directors and producers and so forth. Because at that time, we were well aware that all around the valley, people were trying to do something similar, and the leaders of their church were redlining their scripts. Yes. That they, they were trying to write scripts, right. and then it would go through a committee that would redline their stuff, and they would be censored, and then they'd it, be it left be with so, a denuded be, story. Right, it'd be yeah. so yeah. milk-toasted by the That's end. Right. There yeah. was no message. That's, right. That's it. So this is an important uh, story today about how the gospel influences the wider culture in Amen. all spheres of, of industry and discipline and, and careers. Very important story. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. you guys bringing it back to us today. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you, John. See you next week at Bo's Cafe.